So, uh, what were we talking about today? Trees. 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 Not the Rush album, right? (laughs) Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. Most people think of plains and desert when they think about Texas. And producers of Texas Rising, we're looking at you. But in fact, Texas has vast forests and a wide variety of trees, many of them with some truly amazing stories, which have been witness to the always fascinating history of the great state of Texas. Today, we talk about some of those stories and some of these very special Texas trees. But first, who's your favorite Texas boot manufacturer? Well, um, I'm not really a boot guy, but uh, when I was a kid, I did have a pair of Justin boots. And in fact, my uh, Christmas ornaments that I still have from when I was a child, I still keep them in a Justin boot box. (laughs) So go Justin boots. Yeah. Well, I actually had a pair of boots of my own, uh, and they were red Tony Lama Ropers. And Tony Lama is from El Paso, Texas, and uh, they are uh, a famous brand from Texas. So there you go, red Ropers. Well, I don't want to one-up here, but I will say that probably the greatest manufacturer of boots in the uh, Western world, uh, and maybe the whole world, is uh, in El Paso now. It's Lou Casey, the fabled uh, Lou Casey. They make all kinds of crazy. I mean, if you can kill it, they can make a boot out of it. I think. <laughs> and put a point on it. <laughs> and if put it a has point skin, that yeah. has skin, they can make a boot from it. Yeah. And I'm going to throw a quick little runner-up shout out to Corel Boots, uh, a newcomer to the to uh, the boot game out of Edinburgh, Texas. So, yeah. uh, go get them, boys. <laughs> and and whoever it was that made. Big Texas boots. That one's that was pretty. That was Lucchese. That was Lucchese, and they also yeah. the other second most famous person to wear Lucchese boots was probably LBJ, who who exclusively wore second most famous behind Big after Tex? Big Tex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a there's a pecking hey, order here, but I'm when, confused when, about it. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> the live oak is generally considered the most common tree in the state of Texas. Quercus virginiana. The southern live oak and its cousin, the Texas live oak, can be found amid the piney woods of the east and as far west as Big Bend, and from deep in Mexico up to past the Red River into Oklahoma and Kansas. They're extremely long-lived trees and thrive in Texas' varied climates. The century oak on the campus of Texas A&M University is celebrated for its age and size with the tradition that if you walk under its boughs with a lover, you will be together forever, being a cherished part of Aggie culture. But compared to some of the live oaks in Texas, the century tree planted in 1900 is just a youngster. At Goose Island, located off Aransas Bay near Rockport, is a tree that has been known as the Bishop's Tree, Lamar Oak, and today is just called the Big Tree. It's one of the largest live oaks in America and is believed to be over 1,100 years old, the oldest known tree in Texas. It is said that the Karankawa practiced cannibalistic rituals there, and it's believed that both Cabeza de Vaca and La Salle may have both seen this tree. Trees were at the center of early Texas life. 
They served as landmarks, like the oaks that grew at the top of prehistoric mounds in what later became Nacogdoches, or the halfway oak, a stage stop just south of Breckenridge. They also served as shelters, especially the broad, leafy branches of oak trees, to people from the earliest Native American tribes to the Anglo and European settlers. The largest trees could shelter dozens of people, and so they made convenient gathering places, again outside of the harsh Texas sun. The first Christmas Mass at the Polish community of Panna Maria in 1854, which we talked about before in a previous episode, was held beneath a cluster of live oak trees on a hillside overlooking the San Antonio River. The earliest Polish Catholic church in America was built near these trees, which still stand revered by the community today. Among the most famous trees in Texas are the Treaty Oaks, where the Anglo and European colonists would meet with the chiefs of Native American tribes and try to negotiate treaties to maintain the peace between their peoples. The most famous of these is Treaty Oak in Austin. It's located in a city park near the east bank of the Colorado River. It's the only survivor of a group of live oaks known as the Council Oaks, where Stephen F. Austin is reputed to have signed the first boundary line agreement between the Comanche and his new colony. The tree survived efforts to remove it in the 1930s, thanks to the efforts of citizens both of the city and the state at large. In 1989, the tree was poisoned in an act of vandalism, and only one quarter of it was saved, though it's what's remaining is alive and healthy today. Of course, not all trees are famous for positive things. Just northeast of Victoria is the Dueling Oak, where Albert Sidley Johnson and Felix Huston fought their famous duel over command of the Army of the Republic of Texas. On the San Antonio Riverwalk, in front of the Riverwalk Holiday Inn, is a bald cypress where a Mexican sniper is said to have shot and killed Ben Milam, the leader of the attack on Bayar on December 7, 1835. Trees served as courthouses, but they also served as places where justice was administered by the courts, such as the Whipping Oaks in Seguin and Page's Tree in Clarksville. Sadly, many towns throughout Texas have trees known as hanging trees, where mob justice or worse, racist lynchings were held. Some of these trees have been removed, but others remain, an often painful reminder of Texas' complicated history. Trees have also served as grave markers for the early Texans, and many cemeteries grew up around and within groves of trees. One example is Tombstone Oak in Uvalde, which has an interesting story. For 75 years, this live oak tree was the tombstone which marked the gravesite of John King Fisher, one of the most feared and admired bad men in the state. King Fisher, who was originally from Paint Rock, Texas, first entered a life of crime shortly after leaving home at the age of 11. He was known as a thief, a smuggler, a blackmailer, a perjurer, and a murderer, and was also known as one of the chief outlaws of the infamous Nueces Strip. In 1876, two months after getting married, he was arrested by the legendary Texas Ranger Leland McNally, who had a serious talk with the young man and caused him to rethink his ways. He avoided conviction for his crimes, but he eventually became a reformed man settling down and starting a family. He even served as an acting sheriff and tax collector in Uvalde County in 1881. In 1884, though, Kingfisher met a violent end when he and a fellow outlaw-turned-lawman named Ben Thompson were ambushed by an outlaw Thompson was feuding with. King Fisher was buried under an oak tree, and 75 years later, when the city put a street through its cemetery, his grave was disinterred and moved, but the oak remains known to the community as Tombstone Oak. When we say deep in the heart of Texas, few people know that a tree marks the spot that literally is in the exact heart of Texas. 
In fact, Texas being Texas, there are actually two trees marking two different spots. Center Oak, which is located just off of Highway 84 between Goldthwaite and Star, is located at a spot where an 1870s land survey identified as the geographic center of Texas. This is near the small community of Hughes Store. Now, this community quickly changed its name to Center City to capitalize on this geographic oddity. The irony is that while Center City is in the center of the state, it wasn't in the center of Mills County, and the county seat, as well as the railroad line, went to Goldthwaite, 10 miles away. Center City withered away and died, but the tree remained. In 1922, another spot was identified by a U.S. Geologic Survey as the spot where Texas can be divided into four equal areas, about 50 miles further west near the town of Brady. This tree, called the Heart of Texas Oak, is on private property, but can be seen from a farm-to-market road nearby. One of the more unusual trees in Texas literally should not be here. On the courthouse lawn of the East Texas town of Tyler is an immense ginkgo biloba tree. The ginkgo is a living fossil, the only member of the ginkgoacea family of plants, which otherwise became extinct in early geological times. This tree normally only grows wild in China and Japan, where it is considered sacred in the Buddhist religion. So, how did this Chinese tree make it to the courthouse lawn in East Texas? The answer is former governor and later ambassador to Japan, Richard B. Hubbard. In 1889, Hubbard brought two ginkgo seedlings to Texas. He planted one on the lawn of the governor's mansion in Austin and gave the other to a friend. Colonel John H. Brown of Tyler, who planted it in the front yard of his home. The city of Tyler later acquired the Brown property and built a new city hall there. The Austin tree died many years ago, but the Tyler ginkgo, which now reaches 80 feet high, has thrived for many years, even surviving a lightning strike in the 1960s. Interestingly, some trees are famous for things they had nothing at all to do with. The town of Columbus, located west of Houston on the way to San Antonio, has a historical marker for a now-dead oak tree where the first court session in Williamson County was held. Unfortunately, a study of history shows that this court session actually occurred in a log house, nowhere near the tree. Still, the town cherished the long tradition of the majestic oak that had been the heart of community life in its founding days, and it kept the marker around even after the tree died. It proves to many Texans that what we think about things and what we associate with Texas is more important than the actual history. Yeah. A lot of a lot of cool trees in Texas. So so there's lots of there are lots of stories of that we didn't get into here uh, like no one's really quite sure of the famous picture uh, painting of Sam Houston laying at the at the the base of the tree uh, and, and Santa Anna brought before him after San Jacinto. No one's really sure where that tree was or what it was, maybe in a cypress or an oak. But again, it's it was it was a place where they took the wounded General Houston to lay down and, and to to be sheltered from the sun and the spring uh, spring morning and afternoon. And you know that's that's just an example, another example of you know the trees that were bear, that bore witness to history, but also helped facilitate a lot of things in Texas history. Well, I, I was blown away. I didn't know about the the giant tree that. Uh, uh, the Karankawa and um, the one out, the big tree out in uh, Aransas Bay. I didn't even realize that was there. Yeah, this oldest tree in Texas. So if I'm ever in a boat, I'll take a look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have a love hate relationship with the live oak because of <laughs> its 
constant dropping of leaves in the yard yeah, but around. um but they are everywhere i mean it's it would it would be really weird to uh spend a lot of time out among the trees where there weren't live oaks because yeah. they they really are everywhere in texas well, and the funny thing is is even when you go really deep into into east texas even in you know past the pine the pine curtain um there's still live <laughs> oak everywhere even in in you know the deep Pine, piney woods region of texas well oh, there um, are yeah. yeah but the other thing that's interesting about the um you know just talking about the trees we talked about the oak trees and we always think of these magnificent oak trees although i agree with scott they are annoying because their leaves are small they're difficult to rake um but growing up uh, especially deep in south texas not nearly as many live oaks where uh especially living near corpus we had but we did have a lot of mesquite trees oh, yeah. So everybody looks and sees these things and says, ooh, you know, mm, mesquite barbecue or mm, mesquite smoke this and that. And I look at them and I think about the thorny, horrible <laughs> trees. Yeah. Where they, and they have these beans that drop and they're sticky and they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and and, 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 and I'm, I'm actually allergic to mesquite pollen. Like I get really bad hay fever when I'm around yeah. mesquite trees. So I, I think it's, you know, look, all right, we can talk about the physical trees themselves, but it's, it's an interesting thing. Like we don't, think of these things as landmarks but that that used to be all you could do to navigate was you'd go yeah. from a to b and you'd pat look for this tree or meet you meet me under this tree uh i think buildings and iphones have kind of made the tree obsolete in this day and age <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, probably buildings before i yeah but yes <laughs> and another thing we didn't talk about was um the, the logging industry in texas was so important and critical and, and that may be another discussion later but you know my wife's family is from beaumont uh orange area and there was a family in orange that the original wealthy family was the brown family and they they became wealthy through logging uh, and logging led to shipbuilding and then shipbuilding eventually also led to oil and so logging logging and shipbuilding together led to led to oil because they had the land and the property and the rights and that's an that's an important part of early Texas history, especially turn of the century, Texas history is just the critical importance of the logging industry. Um, we've also talked about um, Sabine Lake uh, and the and uh, the town Jefferson and the big yeah, the log the jam. big raft, yeah, the big raft, the great raft, and that you know that's that's the trees in Texas. Well, it's you know it, it's it, the problem with Texas is it's so big, mm -hmm. and it's only a problem for other people. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I mean, Texas makes up, you know, about 10% of the continental land, land mass on the United States. And um, it's got so many ecosystems. It has a Gulf Coast. It has a plains. There's hill country. There's deserts. And there's forests. But in every movie, you see, you know, the big dumb saguaro cactus from like out in California and New Mexico. And it's like, they don't have those in Texas. It's the one thing we don't have in Texas. Uh, it, but Texas is not a dusty desert of, of horse full of horses and cows. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, but it's neat. It's like really cool. Like well, I, I remember being, well, I remember the treaty oak. I remember when the treaty oak was poisoned as yeah. a kid. Like that was nightly news for weeks. Cause we lived near Austin when that happened. Yeah. What, what what did you say? Didn't you tell me yesterday that there's like four, there are actually four national forests in Texas? Well, there's yeah. more than that, but there's actually, when in the scene in... Um, 
Oh yeah, and yeah. The scene in Texas uh, Rising when they go to when they go to Nacogdoches, near Nacogdoches, like basically they show it. It looks like Tombstone, Arizona. Well, yeah, but there's there's, there's, there's buffalo, actually there's buffalo four. laying down on it. There's a plain, a field, and there's buffalo laying down. Yeah, but if you actually go and look on a map, like right there, like Nacogdoches, Crockett, all those areas, there's four national forests all right there, <laughs> uh, surrounding. It's like you, any direction you choose to go, you will be passing through forested land. Yeah, uh, and in fact the 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 college mascot for Stephen F. Austin University located there are the lumberjacks. <laughs> yeah, lumberjacks. <laughs> there are trees. So we're just saying this to our international listeners. There are whole forests of trees. It's not quite the redwoods of like you know California. It doesn't look like indoor exactly, but it's it's like a mini indoor. I, I don't know. Indoor. We drove from Orange to Tyler after Thanksgiving this year to visit you. <laughs> you saw and a lot of trees. Felt, it felt like driving through indoor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it did. They are tall, dense pine forests that have roads cut through them and that's it. And it's like yeah, there are there are stretches of road that are just like, hmm this hasn't changed much other than this road. Like if you go if you go forty feet <laughs> on either side of the road, you could probably find some Moonshiner or an Indian still wandering around. Welcome to life behind the pine curtain, as they say. But yeah. it really, I mean, it you know, it's uh, it is kind of nice that there are still some of these un what feel like untouched pieces of what early Texas was like. And uh-huh. by the way, like most people lived in East Texas when they first were colonizing right. it. I mean, you know, this was where people lived because it was so close to Louisiana, and you have good timber and good hunting yeah well and i find it i also you know find it interesting that there's 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 not always positive stories with the trees and the you know oh yeah the the example of the of the the lynching tree is you know it's it's still a sore spot in a lot of communities too that that this tree or this this corner this this grove of trees were lynching lynching trees in orange there is a someone decided to build a uh, monument to the Confederate, um, the Confederate dead, and this was in like 2011, 2012, 2013. Like it's still, they're still trying to build it, so it's like not not 1914. It's like now, but in, at any rate, there was you know there was discussion among the community that there was a thought that that area had a lynching tree where they were going to build this monument and this memorial, and it was a hot item. It was a sore spot. It was it was a festering wound in a lot of cases. People have long memories still, and those and the trees, you know, can have negative connotations applied to them, and and that's important to know. It turned out there was an lynch, there was not a lynching tree there. There was probably elsewhere, but not particularly there. But still, you know, it, it's it's something that we need to know about and be aware about. Is is that you know, trees have been cut down, and people have gotten angry about it. But then when you you know. You under yet to understand that those trees were used as whipping posts or as as whatever um, that are not positive. So some people well, understand you know, I mean, that. It, you got to wonder: Do when you say like, well, the the trees have memories and the and this sort of thing. It's like, you know, is there? Well, maybe put it this way. I, I mean, I think what you're saying, Sean, is is that that you know there is a magic to places mm-hmm. and. Trees are living things that really do bear witness to important moments in history, mm-hmm. and uh, there have been some great trees at the good and the bad. So, you know, 
So what I'm saying is if you're some young punk, don't go poison a tree to yoke again. Yeah. I, I'd I'd be interested to see if there's any trees either in the San Jacinto area or well, like the like the cypress tree, the Ben Milam cypress tree that has bullets from the Texas Revolution be, embedded in them. Yeah, well, you know, we haven't really talked about uh, some of the most famous trees in Texas, uh, namely the trees in Deep Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the tree's not I was going to put that in as an item, but yeah. That, yep. The, yeah, the, the trees that have the most meaning for us is... Yeah. The, we, we've, we talked about that yeah, trees yeah. before. Yep. And I think so, uh, later we'll have to talk about some other trees that maybe play for the Houston Rockets or the Dallas, <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Mavs or the yeah. San Antonio Spurs. Yes. Because yeah. you guys are tall. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, yeah, I think I'd, that's I'd been, forgotten about the, the, the mesquite tree, but that, that's an important tree for, the, for West and South Texas that... It's a it's a scrub tree, but it has to it it is pretty 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 important because oh. we would well it's the the trees are good for more than just barbecue no, but, but they are good for but I do highly recommend if you can do it yeah barbecue with real Texas wood and pecan mesquite and, whatever you got and good Texas beef it, it, mesquite doesn't uh, pork doesn't take to take the mesquite smoke as well as the beef does so there you go so uh, what were we talking about today trees. Trees. Not the Rush album, right? (laughs) Okay. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast. Or go to brainstable.com and leave us some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. Why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. We know you love this show. We know you love Texas. So get out there and do your duty. Tell everyone you know, friends, enemies, people who don't love trees, and go leave a review on iTunes because that really helps us out. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. Thank you.